good. Welcome to 10 Minutes in Tech, the show where we talk about the hottest tech stories in no more, nor less than 10 minutes and sometimes more. Yeah, it's July 7th, and let's jump right into the stories, Nick. Okay. Twitter search is up significantly since the last time they came out with some news uh, in April. It's up 33%. They say 800 million. This is what Biz Stone tells us. 800 million search queries a day. That's huge. That is huge. We know that people are using conventional search engines less and less. I personally, if I want real-time information, Google's not going to give it to me. Bing is going to give me pretty pictures, but not necessarily what I'm looking for. I search Twitter more and more to see what's going on now, what's relevant. And in in other cases, we're even going to Facebook yeah. to, to find things. Um, this is no surprise. Yeah, I think this is a perfect example. Most people might not think of it this way, and they might say Twitter is no way of making money. But 800 million search queries is clearly one of the best tools for real-time search. That's a lot. On the and internet. Chapin, now, do you think uh, the search for LeBron James free agency might have anything to do with this? Yeah, it might have something to do with it. He just joined Twitter, Nick, and he already has like 250 million followers. He's the fastest one to that. He beats out Bill Gates. That's previously the fastest one to 100,000 followers or something. That is impressive, but not surprising. Yeah, I don't think um, so. LeBron, he, he created his Twitter account, what, like two days ago? Yeah, or yesterday. Or, or yesterday, and this was basically, the speculation is that this is because of his free agency. Um, so he's going to make his big announcement of what team he's signing with on Twitter. Yeah. And what better way to do it than with a... Big old announcement. Like yeah, I think it's stupid. He wasn't using it before. I think it's kind of arrogant and annoying that he comes on just to. It's get... a little bit annoying, but I think from a from a tech standpoint, it's pretty like it speaks volumes about yeah, how Twitter, valuable. People don't just talk about nerdy stuff on Twitter. I mean, it used to like even like two years ago, he would have probably made this announcement on like ESPN or something. Yeah, well, he'll and, probably be doing that also. And now these players, they have you know, they have this. This con- the control over it themselves. They're yeah. they're they're saving these announcements. We're going with dog barks today. And I did like to if you search for LeBron James, I think the second guy that comes up, or maybe this was yesterday, but uh, is Conan O'Brien made a comment about LeBron James? Yeah, if you do a Twitter search, where he said, he, "I don't care where LeBron goes as long as it's not 11 p.m. on TVS." Boom. By the way, and on one last Twitter-related topic, Conan's Twitter stream's awesome because it's just it's just a series of jokes. Yeah. It's like stand-up perfect comedy. Fun. Twitter is like 180 characters is perfect for like a it's joke. It's only 140 characters, so jokes might not be that funny. Yeah. But I'm going to start telling more jokes on Twitter. <laughs> okay, good luck. Follow me at, at Nick Tuhati, N-I-C, number two, H-O-T-T-Y. Okay, next okay, story. Okay, next story, Nick. Yesterday, Woot called out the AP... Uh, they got signed by Amazon. Yeah, Woo got signed by Amazon, and the AP uh, put out a story that actually had quoted the CEO um, without ever asking to quote him. Yeah, basically, Just yeah, pulled stuff they from pulled the CEO's blog. Direct quotes without. I don't even. Did they even quote it? I guess. Well, they used. The they quotes. used. Yeah, they used quotes. Like they had interviewed him. Yeah, and so this turned into a huge TechCrunch wrote a so Woot wrote a blog post about it. TechCrunch picked it up and wrote another snarky um, article. Yeah, basically, Sigler. the Woot guy said, "Hey, AP, 
by your own like uh, stringent rules, you owe us seventeen dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, because the AP has the if you quote the AP, you have to pay them whether you're a blogger or or like a or just a proper journalist. Yeah. And so they have all these arcane journalist rules, and they obviously dominate um, all these stories and pictures. And yeah. So, so the AP guy replied back. Uh, first of all, he said, we interviewed him a while ago. And second of all, AP staffers across the Gulf region in Washington continue to provide comprehensive coverage of the oil spill. So he pulled the uh, oil card, Nick. Yeah, as, tech, spill as MG Sigler wrote, writes in his follow-up article, the AP, their response to um, to their like hypocrisy about quoting people was so that we're busy. Hey, we're busy with real issue. We uh we cover the oil spill. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah, AP sucks. And also, uh, and they said they interviewed. They it turns out that they uh they put three words of an interview that they did do like uh two years ago or something like that. They put three words of their interview into the article that they had. Yeah, they said the we did quote them, and it was they literally quoted three so words. So what they did was they took the three words from their interview and then stole the rest. Yeah, check out so the, the story. Uh, TechCrunch guy, he technically interviewed this AP guy and then copied an entire story. Yeah, so you read the story. This is it's hard to summarize this in a minute, but check out the story. It's it's pretty funny. And the and what I find uh, what what's even more funny is that. These big companies, you know, like like or hate the AP, the fact that the CEO is going to try to pick a fight, you know, <laughs> try to get into a PR war with like a couple of tech blogs, you yeah. know, some I love the Woot with guys. the savvy guys from Woot and TechCrunch, like that's just a PR nightmare waiting to happen. Okay. I mean, they're not going to win that battle. If you're really that busy with oil spill, you probably shouldn't respond. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Check out iTunes hack, Nick. Next okay. story. Yeah. So everyone's been talking about this. There's some rogue. Uh, Basically, app app farms in the iTunes store um, were basically just these apps that are scamming people and they're inflating their – they've hacked iTunes to inflate their download numbers. Yeah, so making them more than the top apps, right? Yeah, and, uh, and so there's actually – and I think there's some fraudulent uh, payments as well. So people are getting scammed for like hundreds of dollars if they download these apps. Yeah, kind of scary. Uh, a little I scary. To be walled, Nick. We're supposed to be protected. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's two issues here. I don't think, uh, not, obviously, Apple is going to get right on this. this. You know, this this stuff happens. That's why you buy things with credit card. It is inevitable. This happens on the internet. Um, so you know, not this is not to alarm people, and we're not going to say don't buy an iPhone because you know you get scammed and stuff. This is this is a relatively small amount of people. Big deal, but small amount of people. Um, the bigger thing, though, is this: is Apple is the whole perception that iTunes is a walled garden, the iPhone, you know, they they don't let you download any app because they only have legit apps in the store, right? Well, no Not true. Not true. And so their argument that they're curating all these apps doesn't fly because this is arguably the, one of the biggest mobile scams, you know, bigger than anything we've seen on Android so far. Yeah. Um, and so obviously their their curation isn't doesn't stop everything. Okay. Next. It's a little story. little lesson for Apple if you're listening there. Next story. Netflix Nick is in the news. They just made a big deal with Relativity Media. Relativity Media. Okay. This is basically just they signed a deal with Relativity Media. Is they're kind of like a company like Stars. They distribute movies. They make deals with. Yeah. I they have relationships with uh, big movie studios. 
and so they get access to the to movies before they go on DVD, and then Netflix now is licensing it from them. Yeah, so this is all about, you know, and I think some people have given Netflix a hard time for it, but they understand that streaming is the way to go. Yeah. I'm sure if Netflix wanted to, they wouldn't even give you physical DVDs. Yeah, no one wants DVDs. It's a hassle to mail them. And if you use Netflix, you know you just want to watch it instantly on your computer now. So Netflix, so basically the story is Netflix is working on that. They just made a huge deal with a a big movie studio, and so you're going to have even more movies to stream instantly. Yeah. Not just documentaries. Which movies, Nick? Uh, Some... Crappy Nicolas Cage movie, Relativity Media has, and uh, McGruber will be out. Hey, you want to you want to take the time to get McGruber in no, the mail? No, I wouldn't want to wait for McGruber. No, they, so. they'll there's some they're big movie studios. No, I like it. Netflix, good job. Okay, next story, Nick. YouTube's Life in a Day project. Did you read this article? Yeah, this is pretty cool. I watched this is really I watched cool. the video. So basically, um, this this really notable filmmaker. Yeah, Ridley is, Scott. Ridley Scott. He's the guy who made Gladiator. Yeah, he's making a documentary um, that he's going to show at, what, the Cannes Film Festival or something? Yeah. And he's teaming up with YouTube to basically, he's just going to make a, what, kind of like a mashup or a documentary? Yeah, of, Life in a Day. They're asking as many people in the world on Ju- July 24th to shoot a short clip of something that, like, it could be them waking up to the sun, it could be them drinking coffee, something that represents their day. Then they're going to submit them, and then Ridley Scott and this other guy are going to kind of mash them up into a story. Yeah. It's going to be one large documentary of one day in the world in different perspectives. So you put your day up there, you could be in this... uh, I'll be doing it. I'll be doing it, too. I think it's fascinating. It's such a cool way. I mean, it's crowdsourcing uh, in a very cool way, don't you think? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think it's a great project, and um, uh, the kind of converse of this is um, what's uh, Fast Company posted a story about... Did you read this, Chapin? No. Um, I think I took it off the list, actually, but it actually kind of goes with this. Um, So Fast Company is having this competition to see who's the most influential person. Um, I'm going to find the name of it, but it's pretty lame. Um, basically if you want to, if you think you're like a very influential person, it's basically a link farm. Mike Arrington writes an article about this in TechCrunch and it's a link farm where they're trying to get notable people to put up a, you put up your profile and then the more people click on you, um, the more influence you have. If you think someone's influential, uh, you click on them. And uh, Arrington is basically calling this a scam, and uh, yet he's he's put up his his own picture to see if he can uh, make do. Um, we'll find the link and we'll put it in there. Um, okay, next story. Time Magazine Nick is going to a paid model. Yes. So basically, what this means is Time.com. They're still going to have. Uh, articles that they're going to put out, but everything that is actually in their physical magazine, you will not be able to access. Yeah, they have some free content. Basically, yeah, physical magazine, and if you buy the app, right, yeah. then you can get the uh, good stuff. Basically, yes, yes. So you, yeah, you have to get the the app is just a version of the magazine. Yeah, yes. So this is incredibly lame. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's following suit of some other notable newspapers. And magazines, but it is incredibly lame. Um, and I, I think we've talked about this over and over, so we don't want to kill it. But I think 
what it kind of screams now is that I, I personally think it's very arrogant of these magazines and newspapers, yeah. don't you think? Well, it's kind of, it's, it's a joke that like, I mean, basically they're taking this, this content that can be linked around, you know, you know how much you, traffic you can get, how much attention your story can get, if it can be shared all over, reblogged, retweeted, yeah. all over the internet, lots. And right now... They're they're just putting themselves literally behind a, a wall. Yeah, and, uh, and I don't need to read about this their is, big this article is gonna inside kill Steve's bed. I can read you know a thousand blogs to talk about the iPad and have interviewed yeah, Steve if, Jobs I mean, or if watch you, him talk about like, it. Like they are literally they're never going to get referenced by anything. Yeah. It's just it's cutting so, themselves off. Basically. And the other thing is this is only on. I mean, they might have a a reader, but like not everyone has an iPad and an iPhone. No, if very you do, it's convenient relatively. and it's easy to get it. But this is going to be really hard for people to get Time Magazine. I agree. This is not even as easy as just picking up the magazine. This is a this is a, a joke, and we'll see we'll see in five years how how this uh, yeah, see how strategy this works. works out. Okay, Nick. Uh, Motorola looks like. Oh yeah, Android and Motorola came out with a so Motorola came Blackberry out looking phone, didn't they? Yeah, it's uh, what you call a half portrait QWERTY, which is basically it's a half half you know it's a BlackBerry style half keyboard half screen. Uh huh. So it's a direct competitor to the BlackBerry. Now, so far, every Android phone has been a full touch screen or a slide out keyboard. So this is the first real shot at BlackBerry. Um, but if this trend continues, even if there's just a handful of BlackBerry competitor Androids, this is terrible for BlackBerry. Because now, when a, the business, Mr. Businessman walks into the Verizon store looking for a new phone, even if 20% of that guy, those guys, you know, they don't even probably know the difference between a, yeah, they probably don't care. a BlackBerry and a, they say, oh, this looks like a BlackBerry, whatever, I'll get it. And especially now if it has access to the, the Android app store. I mean, like, a big reason people use Blackberries is for typing out emails. Yeah, but can they BBM, Nick? Can they BBM? It's a, it's a good point. That is a good point. Otherwise known as text message. <laughs> okay, next story, Nick. Borders launches into the e-reading store. We've been kind of talking about the yeah, e-reader wars. And, uh, it looks they're like, heating up, baby. Yeah. The, the Kobo? Kobo they, got, they have an e-reader themselves, the Kobo Reader. Which uh, was, you know, we were talking about how it was awesome because it was so cheap at 150 bucks. But now uh, the Nook and the Kindle are basically the same. Mm. Uh, but now they have a they they have their own app and e-reader on your computer. Mm -hmm. So now you can get Borders, which is a big which is a big deal. I I wouldn't get you. There's no Nook app for Android, so I'm not going to get it. You can get Borders books on Android iPhone. And on your computer. And you can share them, right? That's EPUB? Uh, I don't know if it's DRM'd. Okay. I would imagine it's not. I mean, I would imagine you can't share. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll double check on that. Um, well, regardless, though, I mean, it, it's certainly... Competition. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I mean, this is nothing. This is not enough to make me switch, probably, from... Uh, I'm happy with the Kindle software, and I think... I think Amazon's the big player in this, so I'll probably, unless they really give me a killer feature to switch, I, I probably won't. I, I probably will buy an e-reader, but I'm not going to buy a Nook or a, a Kobo. No. Uh, just because Amazon seems to be, I think they're probably way more innovative, and they're the biggest players. Um, but definitely cool. Cool trend. Okay, Nick, let's talk four square locations. Hopefully cheaper books. 
Yeah. Anyway. So you can buy Twilight. That's not 20 bucks. <laughs> Four squared location layers, Nick. Have you read this? Um, this is big. Yes, yes. Says the article. I, I, I skimmed it. What, uh, fill me in here. No, it's basically, I mean, Foursquare is all about location, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, they're coming out with a platform basically so that, like, uh, let's say companies, like, it uses IFC and Huffington Post, for example. Yeah. It uses their community. So community members of those companies can put little tips based on location mm-hmm. places. And then when you go, you can start, like, learning about specific locations based on company communities. Oh, so yes, if you yeah. want to, you know, find out what the Huffington Post community has to say about this location or the tips that they have, because that's who you trust, mm-hmm. you can now do that. It's yeah. basically a Huffington Post layer. No, this is really cool. And this is what I would like to see, because this is kind of what you can do with Twitter, right? Where you're, I mean, on Foursquare, you're kind of limited to people you, you're directly friends with, right? Mm-hmm. Or strangers. I would love to find not even just the Huffington Post, but I would like to see, like, if I could see, like, celebrities, and or maybe you can do that. I guess you, you can do that. Um, but but organizations. Well, I, I think this just screams, I mean, I don't, I don't really certain see... organizations, though. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and, I, and I think this is a really cool way of getting tips. Right now, Foursquare, you just get tips of, like, random people, right? Yeah, yeah. Which there's nothing wrong with. I would like to get a little more trustworthy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the Huffington Post doesn't really strike a chord with me. But if I could see like SF Weekly, you know, like magazines or something, you know, where they're recommending or checking in for restaurants and things. And I think it also talks about it's kind of a nerdy thing, but I think like it brought up like historical society or something like that. Yeah, that would be cool. Or if you're at a museum, if I'm at a museum or in a city, right? I would trust a historical society. Yeah, that's cool. I think Foursquare is really killing it. I'm, just in the in the media at least, I think Wallace. Yeah, D. Crowley. To... Oh, yeah, Wallace toast. Yeah. Okay. okay, Nick, talk to me about the SNES on iPad. Well, we're not going to talk about Prince. We'll talk about oh, him okay. to finish. Um, no, this is just a uh, a cool thing on Engadget. If you a ha- with a hacked um, iPad and iPhone, you can uh, you can play Super Nintendo emulator on your iPad, where that acts as the screen. Ooh. And then the iPhone acts as the controller. So you're saying I don't need to get my dust off my Super Nintendo? Nope. All you got to do is I'll buy a $500 iPad and a $200 iPhone and jailbreak them both. <laughs> wow, that seems so simple. <laughs> so simple. No, but it is a cool trend, and this is why I really wish Apple would open up more, because this stuff is awesome. And this is what I'm going to be doing in Android in like six months when I get uh, an Android tablet. Yeah. Um, but this is the potential. I would love to use different devices to interface with different things, which you can't, you know, Apple is pretty tight about hardware. But this is this is potential here. Yeah. If I didn't have to jailbreak it and I wanted to own these things anyway, this would be an awesome way to play games. Okay, Nick, now for the big news. We saved it for last. I you. hope you stuck with us. Prince says the internet is completely over. Can't argue. No, this is this story kind of pains me because uh, I am like I'm a huge Prince fanboy. Uh-huh. I love Prince. I uh-huh. love his music. I love his sex appeal. But, um, but uh, he's a little misguided in this story. So basically, Prince is de- he says the internet's over. Um, he's he's not releasing any of his music on the internet because he doesn't like the way uh, the pricing schemes are. So if he puts his music on iTunes, anyone who's 
who's used who's sold music on iTunes knows they pay you after the fact. Yeah. They pay you months later. It says they won't pay me in advance for it, and then they get angry. So the record companies give Prince money up front. And not good enough money, not quickly. The enough. internet, yeah, doesn't give them enough money, not quick enough. Yeah. Um, which is so is that enough to warrant the internet being completely? So he says, and, and he's only selling his music on CDs. Yeah, he says, I really believe in finding new ways to distribute my music. AKA, he's only selling it on DVD. I mean, on CD. On CD. Not exactly a new way of distributing his music. Well, he he does do innovative stuff like he his latest CD. He's he, putting it in a newspaper. Yeah, he gives tons it of people do that. Yeah, well, it's interesting because that's actually very and who buys a newspaper. <laughs> old English people. Yeah. No, this is very interesting because actually, uh, Prince's you know his his uh, like his instinct is kind of in the right place. Like that is an innovative way to get your music out there. Just well, giving it out in the paper. Everybody does it. No, I know, but that's what they do on the internet. They give you out a sample, you know, or someone basically the paper subsidizing the CD yeah. cost, um, and that's what people do on the internet. So it's it kind like, of seems like it's almost like he a, just wants money up front. It's a freemium model. So he is, in a sense, being innovative. He's just completely naive to where the problem lies, and so so he's criticizing. Prince is a little confused here. Um. He has a valid complaint, but his complaint is with iTunes, not the internet. Yes, I would agree. And so he's con kind of confusing this, but it is true. I mean, but what Prince needs to realize is that Prince, he if you're listening, he doesn't have to sell his music on iTunes. Yeah, there's he other could, ways. Well, he, he doesn't want literally, to on YouTube either, Nick. He's not getting YouTube. I know, but access. that's what I'm saying. He doesn't. He could just. He could literally start his own website and sell it himself. Yeah, take a page from MC Hammer, Prince. Go talk, talk to MC Hammer. Talk to Hammer. Kind of a genius. So, Prince's heart's in the right place, but his mind is... I mean, giving Prince a free pass all the time. You He's know. a douche. He doesn't get it. The Jim, internet is not over. If you, ever it's call, not like, if you ever call Prince a douche on the show again. Not like MTV. That's what he likens it to. Oh. Anyways, what a way to end. That is... 10 minutes in tech. 22 minutes and 18 seconds in tech. Yeah. We'll be back with you again shortly. Peace. Oh.